it becomes a much more in-depth experience um, when brands relate to their customers. So it's interesting. It just highlights the fact that to run a brand or to create content for a brand um, and be a creative director, you don't. You need to know much more things than just design. Welcome to the Studio Podcast, a show for ambitious creatives who want to level up their creativity, productivity, and leadership skills. I'm your host, Ilya Lobanov, and I'm an experienced designer and brand strategist and founder of Studio, a brand agency focused on growing and elevating brands and businesses. I am also passionate about passing on the skills and mindsets that I've picked up over the years so I can share the tested strategies and actionable real-world advice that have helped me and others in the creative industry to solve bigger problems and earn more respect and higher paychecks and ultimately become better creative leaders. And this podcast is no different. Now, today my guest is Alex Antolino from Spain. Alex has had a really varied experience in the creative industry, from everything from filmmaking to music to now being a creative director at Typeform. And so I was super interested in his journey filled with curiosity for life and the openness to dive into each craft despite different uncertainties. And like so many of my other guests, I've come across Alex's work through Instagram and uh, we discussed a lot of different topics in this live chat including the power of curiosity for designers and how it can help you become more confident, creative, and as well as a lot of other mindset-driven tools to help designers with self-confidence. So I hope you enjoy this chat and let's dive right in. So hey, Alex, uh, I really appreciate um, you coming on. And yeah, sure. uh, I've been seeing uh, your Instagram you know, for, for a while. I've been following you for, for some time and, uh, and I've... I've uh, checked out your front row conference. There was a great talk where you talked about the mindset for creatives. And it really resonated with me because I talk a lot about, you know, like soft skills and adding, uh, kind of working on things, you know, beyond just your design, uh, craft, and just just in general, uh, being open and curious about the world and kind of, you know, adding, uh, looking at different things outside of your area, uh, which a lot, of, a lot of your, topics kind of uh, touch on that uh, in the talk. So um, first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about ex your experience and kind of what you do now okay. um, and briefly how, how you, did you get started in the design industry in, in the, this field? Sure. So, well, for those of you who don't know me, hello everyone. So we have Megan here. I know her because she's following me. Um, we have Greta, we have Olivia here live. So hello everybody here watching, first of all. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Alex Antolino. I'm a creative director. I started on film. So um, I had my own film studio. And, um, and yeah, and then eventually like I ended up at Typeform, which is a, a tech company here in Spain. And uh, it was a very small company. Um, hello, hello, um, Shubham. So, um, so I, I ended up at Typeform and um, I started as a filmmaker and we were only like 30 people, but then very soon um, the company exploded and we're now like 200. So it was like a good opportunity for me to kind of like reposition my career and I ended up becoming a creative director. It was a very organic thing, nothing planned. 
I never intended to be a creative director. You know, when you're young, you're like, oh, when I when I'm like an adult, I'm gonna be a creative director. It was not my case. So, um, so yeah, so that's a little bit of my background, and I end up in, like doing design because I end up um, running a design team, so I had to catch up on that. So um, mm -hmm. that's basically a little bit of my background. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? Hi. Lots of friends in the feed. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, typically the creative director, it kind of comes from, uh, you know, in a typical advertising agency or branding agency world, you've kind of got two distinct uh, pathways to become a creative director. There's one where a kind of like a designer, uh, you know, goes up to the career path, kind of goes through the senior designer, lead designer, and, uh, you know, art director sometimes, and then, and then yeah. slowly, eventually, they become a creative director. And then you've got the second one, which is, uh, typically comes from like the copywriting background. So they're the copywriter and then they, they kind of be, you know, used to working with the art director kind of coming up with projects and the creative director leads them. And then eventually that copywriter kind of becomes the creative director uh, because sometimes they, they're almost like a, I want to say, you know, strategist, but we confusing, we're starting to mix the, you know, different terminology here a little bit. But so in your case, you know, you, your background is kind of, you said you, kind of uh, background in film and then I know that you've kind of dipped in a few of the other kind of creative uh, fields as well so uh, my question is uh, how why did you choose that path because you know typically people are told just pick kind of one topic and uh, one kind of key industry or one uh, key area and then focus on that and then become the best and you know yeah how did you pick how did you go around you know jumping around from different things like what was the your motivation for that yeah so well here there's like i think two um interesting things that you mentioned um by the way for everyone here joining uh if you want to ask questions if you want to interrupt like jump in let's try to make it interactive and like make it like a group conversation other than like two people here just like oh, having coffee on the morning or night so uh don't uh, don't be afraid. Just like drop questions, say hi, just share your thoughts. We're gonna try to pick them uh, from the comments. So now back to your um, to your question. So you said two things that um, kind of like, uh, thought were interesting. The first one was about um, like this career ladder, right? So, and I really like that you um, brought this up because it's true. Like um, traditionally, we've always heard that they were this, um, you know path to like becoming a creative director um and uh and yeah it's true like you you have to do design for like a lot of years then you like you like you, you get up in, in proficiency and then you end up becoming creative director or you come from the copy um side more like words and writing and storytelling i think honestly like this is like um like an advertisement paradigma and uh, first of all, I work at um, a startup. So startups are very different in how they behave and they're organized versus traditional agencies. So that's, that's the first mm -hmm. thing. And they're also very fluid. They're not rigid. So um, we're changing processes all the time and kind of like optimizing the company, not just the product, but the company all the time. So um, the teams change very um, rapidly um, because these startups, I mean, they're called startups. So they scale up very fast. I really like you asked this question because, uh, yeah, so my background is not design, it's not copywriting, I'm not even like a script, like I, I've never written a script, so my background is on film, so I started with photography, so it's very, 
I've, I've never met anyone with this um, background on this field. And, um, and I think for me, it's very interesting because it highlights the fact that you don't, that, that like what I'm doing is running brands. So it highlights the fact that a brand, it's not just design. And I think that's uh, something that um, it's very important nowadays. So many people before, um, when we had to create the brand or, or most people would think a logo. And yes, if you need to create a logo, you need to be a designer, right? But um, we're talking like 15 years ago where like companies, besides their big advertisement, they only have like, you know, the product and, you know, a few touch points with their clients. But today with social media, in, uh, internet and all those things, um, there's many more touch points. And so it becomes a much more in-depth experience um, when brands relate to their customers. So it's interesting. It just highlights the fact that to run a brand or to create content for a brand um, and be a creative director, you don't you need to new, know much more things than just design. It's the full experience. It's not just one touch point. It's everything. It's like how people answer the phone at your company. You know how your email um, emails are written. Uh, you know what how your customer service is handled. You know all of these different things that all contribute to, to your customer service. And yeah, it's everything. Uh, it's everything. And he said something that really um, stood with me, which is like, there's not just one brand, there's like as many brands as customers you have or people interact with it because you cannot control your brand. And, um, and, and every person has a slightly different um, perception of your company based on the interactions they had. So if they had really, really bad experience in terms of like customer support, your brand is not honest, you know, like you don't have control over this rather than every single employee that is uh, like owning one of these uh, touch points. I saw here in the comments, uh, design for thought, um, say, I don't like ladders. And uh, honestly, I don't like ladders either. Um, and this goes to like your initial question where you asked me, um, like, what were the steps or how, you know, what was my, you know, my plan on how did, how did I get there? Honestly, I never had a plan, you know, like I, I never intended to be creative director. I actually joined Typeform to save money and go traveling. Uh, and, my, and I said that on the interview when I, one of the founders, um, because it was a small company, uh, so uh, one of the founders um, interviewed me and he was like, dude, like you have this studio, you're doing TV commercials, why do you want to join Typeform and do a tutorial, right? And I'm like, you're so, you're so right. I just want money, you know, some stability. Because um, I come from like the studio uh, background and the freelance background and we all know how this looks like. So I, I was very honest, like, look, if I, I'm here for six or 10 months and like I can save some money, like good for you, good for me, right? So my plan was never to, it was never a dream job for me, right? Um, and, and so that's why there was no plan and I just saw the opportunity and I wanted to try something new. And it ties back to um, this, you know, this idea of like trying new things and this curiosity that um, we were talking about. Yeah, so we, we kind of started uh, diving into brand strategy, almost discussing <laughs> brand strategy there. Uh, but yeah, curiosity is the big part of what, how you kind of progressed, at least in a talk that I watched uh, you talking about your experiences. That what seemed apparent to me is that you have this kind of insatiable curiosity about different creative fields. I think you said that you, you did like tarot read, reading, um, card reading, and uh, I'm, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of things that... Uh, you tried your hand at and and that goes back to my original kind of question is that you know a lot of people are told 
pick pick one field, right? And then they kind of, uh, and sometimes they're also afraid to um, to to jump to to another uh, um, innovation. So, for example, even when uh, you know websites were around and people were building websites in Flash, I think this is maybe like ten years ago or something. Uh, and then there were animated websites. Yes. And then after that, it started, people started making responsive websites, you know, p things that would work on the mobile when mobile came out. And a lot of people were hesitant because they were like, nah, this is just a fad. The mobile phone will go away. Yeah. Nobody cares about the mobile phone. And people, many people didn't learn about responsive design. And then, and people that did, you know, actually became, you know, quite big experts and really well sought after because they jumped on the trend early. They've learned how to, to become, you know, responsive designers. Uh, and then Hashem has worked on straight on HTML, maybe probably in Notepad. Yeah, this <laughs> He's is probably curious. writing his like, code. I am actually curious, like, what, what do you guys work on? Like, what do you guys do? If you can drop on the comments, because um, we'd like to get to know you. So if you can drop on the comments, what do you do um, now to kind of like get a sense of like, um, how does the room look like? Um, yeah. So do you think um, curiosity impacted your your career and your professional development? And, and if it has, then uh, how how has it impacted your career? Uh, and also, how can other designers uh, potentially look at that as a way for, for them to boost their professional development? Yeah. So um, so how how does curiosity impact my career? So I see some people responding now. So um, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this properly, but Hashem Jarasi, he's a creative Hashem, director. Yeah. Okay, he's a creative director at uh, at his own agency. There's Shubham. I think I'm right. I'm I'm pronouncing this properly. Brand strategy and execution. So, what are the others uh, doing? Um, please do it now. Let, let it on yeah. the comments. Um, I think to be honest, like it's all about how you and how you approach life, basically. And I think we can go very deep uh, in this conversation. But like, basically, I don't chase money like i think that would be like the, like the summary of you know my career development is like i never chase money and sometimes because of this i leave a lot of money on the table so but then other things happen you know like things like you know trying all those different things so i never i'm never gonna take a job because it pays more money than another one and um and i and my goal is to grow right my goal is to develop my skills. I'm a very curious person. I want to learn everything and I keep learning every day. So, um, so that's when like, when I see something interesting or something that I want to figure out, I would just jump and, you know, and, and do it and learn how to do it. And this is why I started DJing on the first place. Then I started uh, producing electronic music. Then I started, I don't know, like you were saying, doing like tarot reading. Cause I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, let's figure it out. You know, like this is basically the, like my, my driving force, you know, like I want to learn all those things. And then at some point, I guess I realized I could leverage this into my job, you know, like as a creative director, like one day you're working on a, on like a poster and then next day you're like preparing an event. And then another day you're like uh, doing a VR um, experience. So. So I think it comes very handy um, having, I'm not, I'm a generalist, I'm not like a specialist. So, so yeah, so I like to learn all of those things. And then the magic happens when you start connecting the dots from like one thing to another. So for example, 
um, I learned about music production and how you know you can you know create loops and start mixing those loops. If anyone um, produces music here or likes electronic music, um, knows what I'm talking about. So you basically can make like a drum loop and then do like a melody loop and then start mixing those and then add bass and all those things, right? Um, and then I started studying design and graphic systems and I'm like, hold on, like it's very similar, you know? Like at the end of the day, you're playing with like some elements and then you're mixing and matching together and creating consistency over difference. And I was like, for me, this is fascinating. Well, like you can bring things from one place to another or the, um, the tarot reading thing. I brought it to a type form experience once and we created this meditation, um, like kind of like mindful experience to learn about branding. So, so to me, this is the most exciting part of my job. Um, trying like mixing those things. And, um, and yeah, curiosity is driving, is driving all of this basically. I think that's how creativity works, right? It's, it's, um, it's connecting all the uh, information that you have in your brain and the that's more experiences it. that you have. And it's all kind of like uh, um, analogies and metaphors that you're trying to draw from different backgrounds. That's, that's it. it. Then you um, materialize in, in some other form. Uh, and I think that's a also uh, links a little bit to, you know, as uh, like artists back in the day, like Michelangelo, you know, they used to be uh, like, uh, polymaths, you know, I think that was the word. Um, they did everything. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of the expected thing for an artist to do. But more and more, uh, kind of, you know, we are progressing into this brand strategist and, you know, brand designer and UX designer. So there's like all these kind of pockets, you know, where people having to call themselves a, a very specific uh, label, you know, and then they feel like they have to stick in that label, which, um, you know, to a degree, you have to position yourself as, as an expert if you want to attract clients, if you're a freelancer. Uh, but at the same time, you in, internally, at least you have to learn about different things uh, to be able to be creative. Yeah. Uh, so with that said, what, what is a view on, in general, on being a specialist or an expert versus a generalist? Well, I think um, it's like everything. I think at the very beginning, you need to start with something, right? It's not like you cannot be like all over the place from day one and you know, like, um, I think it's important to be like, is to get specialized on something, learn about, like learn something really good. And when you, I wouldn't say master, but like when you dominate that thing, you can jump to another one and to another one and to another one. And basically there's no limit to the things you can learn, right? And for me, I mean, YOLO, right? So um, it's it, the, the more you can learn, the better in my opinion. I think um, Olivia is a creative strategist. I know her. Yeah, so I think, so here's the thing, in my opinion, um, when you get started, you learn about something. If you want to learn more, you do more. And of course, if you, at, at the end of the day, you need to position, like you were saying, you need to position yourself in the mind of the people who's going to hire you if you're a freelance. That's fine. Um, just take one thing that you like the most and, and sell that thing and let all these, you know, um, other skills and um and uh, connections happening in your brain happen on you know behind the scenes right like for example i'm i'm always selling myself as a creative director but what does that mean you know like you know i could sell myself as a designer or as a filmmaker or even like as a dj or music producer and i do i know how to do all those things you know um but i choose i chose to do um to position myself as a creative director just because 
it's easier to put like because I, I have this job right now and it's easier for me to like build up on that um, and because I want to keep doing more of this but at the end of the day it's just like about perception the truth is that like all of those things are, are still happening behind the scenes and um, hmm. and I think you said something very interesting before I was because when you asked me this I was wondering where is this coming from because I never felt comfortable with this idea of like pick one thing and do that thing right and be the best like I I don't like competition honestly that, that was one of the reasons why I shut down my studio. I don't feel comfortable competing with others um, versus like, I really enjoy, I'm very perfectionist, so I, I compete with myself. Um, and I think um, when you are starting um, before, like many years ago, um, I think everything comes from like the industrial revolution, to be honest. Like I, you, you talked about Renaissance and how the artists were doing all those things. I think that's a natural thing to do. You know, like we humans are, are curious by nature, right? Um, but what happened with the industrial revolution is that um, we started thinking about, you know, work labor and like workforce as a machine where everyone has had to be one piece to deliver something bigger, right? And this happened with everything. So we went into a like a period of time where like things were more rigid right so you had a house for life you had a partner for life you had you know a job for life and you had to do one thing and you were the perfect piece to fit on that big machine which was your community your society right but we've realized the more the the technology evolves and the more the, the curve goes exponential that everything is changing all the time so it's really it's literally impossible to do one thing all your life even if you wanted to like the jobs we have today are going to be absolutely irrelevant in like 10 20 years for now from now they're going to be different right um like i see like friends on instagram being social instagram coaches and things like that they know more than us that their jobs are not going to be relevant if they do it exactly like now because Instagram is not going to be relevant in 10 years. So this is what I'm talking about. And that's why, you know, we're going back to what I believe it's our nature um, to do different things, but like then merge those things. Because by the way, this is the only thing that, uh, I mean, this is the thing that um, AI will get last. You know what I mean? Like AI, the last thing that um, AI is going to be able to do is be creative and connect those abstract concepts so if we're doing this um you know these people say oh robots are gonna take our jobs well start understanding that like if you are create if you're creative and you're trying to connect things it's very hard for ai to do this so yeah because uh, robots they kind of learn from you giving them a, a set of instructions and you kind of say repeat the steps and then they kind of you know repeat it and perfect it you know that's like the, uh, but they lacking at the moment that ability to learn uh, or like you say connecting new things and coming up with new ideas essentially yeah and, they, and they're learning you know. like there's machine learning and there's all these things you know like um and 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 don't get me wrong like ai is evolving really fast but um but they're like the way it works it's basically, it's basically like you said you you give them an instruction and they repeat this instruction and they get really good at doing that one thing that's how they learn but the but the but connecting abstract concepts on the vast um universe of knowledge that's what um it's gonna take a lot of time i'm not saying it's not gonna happen i'm saying it's gonna take more time than than anything else so 
So to people who are not robots or AI, uh, other designers, um, what I, because I still know and I still talk to plenty of designers and um, there is a lot of talk about niching and becoming, you know, the best at something and so on. And we've kind of broke, broke it down here uh, by saying you, you can specialize externally, but internally you can add on other skills and have other interests. Um, but still there are designers who might be a little bit uh, hesitant uh, to try different things. So for instance, let's say there's a designer and uh, maybe they are focused on, you know, branding or something. And then say they really think that they have an interest in the say UX design, but then maybe they're hesitant because they think, well, if I you know jump sheep over here, uh, does that mean that I'm going to lose all this effort and you know built up being a brand designer? Uh, so do you think there's a reason why people, some people are hesitant to, or you know to act on their curiosity? And uh, is it a fear of failure or is this kind of more society kind of saying, no, you have to be with this one thing? Like what's the main? I mean, I think it could be many things. And to be honest, I think this is a question that the people who don't want to try new things should answer. Like, I don't feel like I should answer for them, but there's definitely like fear. Um, and you know, like, at least I can talk from my experience, like when there's something new, there's some friction, right? And this friction can come from insecurities, like, Am I going to do it good? Am I going to be good at it? You know, things like that, which is like fear. It also can come from comfort. Like being comfortable. Too comfortable the in the position. Of growth, you know, like, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, you know, like when you have your house, you know, you have your income, you have, you're like in a comfortable situation. It's very likely that very soon your growth will become flat. Now that this is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not the one person who thinks, oh, we need to be growing all the time. You know, like that, that could be good. Like we need some moments to rest. Like, like if you go on a trail for like five hours, you need some moments to rest and do nothing. You know, like you cannot be uh, up, 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 up. But um, it's just important to be aware that when you're very comfortable, um, it's very likely that you will, like your growth will be flat. So um, I would say that could be two things. Um, like being afraid of like failing and also being comfortable. Cause like, you know, learning something new has this exponential growth where like the very first, you know, the first uh, stage of learning, it feels like nothing is happening and it's very frustrating. And, um, sometimes you just don't want to go through this, you know, like sometimes it's just like, it's not worth, like, it's not, no, not worthy for you to go through this. So, um, hi Christina. And hi, I think Raul, I don't know if Raul, are you still there? Like Raul is my good friend from like, when I was a teenager, I just showed, uh, he popped up here on, uh, on the live. I don't know if he's still here anyway. Um, so, so yeah, so I think in general, these two things could be like, could generate some friction. We're trying to learn something new, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know. I think honestly, it's all about positioning. Like when people say niche down, I'm kind of like exhausted of hearing, oh, niche down, niche down, niche down, whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a strategy, right? So it doesn't really, nobody really cares about what you do um, at home, you know, or like, you know, what happens on your brain. What they care about is themselves and how can they benefit from you, you know? So if you do them a favor and you make it very simple for them to, you know, make this um, realization, it's very, it's, you're more likely to get hired. That's basically what it is, right? Like if you have like, I don't know, <clears throat> on a supermarket, like 20 soda cans 
how are you gonna pick one, you know? And they're like, oh, good soda, you know, like, how are you gonna pick one? But if there's like strawberry soda and there's like, I don't know, mint soda, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I actually want that one. And that's why people say niche down because like, it's all about positioning. It's all about like helping your potential customer understanding that you're the best solution for them. But besides that, like nobody cares what's happening behind the scene. Nobody actually, when they hire you and you know, they find these surprises, that's a, like a, it's retention, right? So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I would encourage people to try new things um, if they're not doing it now, because uh, it, it would only help you, you know, grow and like, you know, uh, yeah. And also like, it's a way for, to understand like what you don't want to do. You know, like I studied design and I did design for like a year or so. And uh, I know I'm not gonna go for like a design career, you know, even though it might look like very shiny, it's not something I would pursue. It's, it's not for me, you know, like, but I like working with designers. So it's also a good way to kind of like finding your focus and be sharp on what you want to do. So what does Alex Santolino look like in 10 years? Can you, I have no, is, is there, I love that you asked me this question and I get so pumped because I have no fucking idea, man. Like I, I never, I was never able in my life to see ahead of, you know, two years, like never, like, even when I studied film, which was four years, I was like, I don't even know if I'll have the money to finish this, you know, like, cause I had to pay for it. And it was very expensive in Spain. And my, my parents didn't have the money to pay for it. So I had to ask for a loan. So even when I was studying at university, I didn't even know if I would be able to finish. So I never, and this is something that kind of like turns me on. It's a bit scary, but like, I always, I never had more than one year plan. And I, and I always know, I always know that my plan can change. So I can like adapt it as I go. So for example, this year I was supposed to be in the US. I was working on my visa and then COVID strike. And we talked yesterday, I literally just got a van to go traveling until like the US thing. So I literally don't know what's gonna happen in two weeks. Yeah, we were talking about that because I, I, I had plans to go and uh, live and work remotely yeah. from Bali for like six, six, nine months. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, so that's another good takeaway here uh, is being flexible with your plans and you can have a plan, like you can have sort of a vision that, you know, maybe there's something that you want to become or something that you're driving towards. Uh, but at the same time, you, you have to have flexibility and, you know, that ability to and be okay, I can adapt to this. If there's some, some new information or some new circumstances that comes um, into play. And um, uh, are there any other uh, good mindset techniques that you've picked up uh, yourself uh, that can help people to embrace this, you know, curiosity and being able to be comfortable and brave enough, I guess, to, to say yes to, to new things? So yeah, so like that this is basically what I talked on the on the front row conference. Uh, and I made a post on my Instagram, like, last week about this, like with all the key takeaways um, from um, from that talk. So if you guys want to check it uh, on my profile, it's basically what I shared there, like my five main takeaways on like my career development, but I would say like curiosity is one of the big ones. And also like not being afraid to like, call yourself, you know, like if you're the, like, if you're doing design, you're a designer. End of the story. Like, I don't see why, 
you know, this is so tricky for some people. Like, of course, you're not the best designer. You'll, ne you'll never be. Like, who is the best designer? Paul Rand? Like, who the fuck is the best designer on earth? Like, no one can say that. Like, there's never going to be a best designer. That's like, that's bullshit, you know? Like, and there's never going to be like, the be who's the best film director? Is it Kubrick? Who is it? Is it fucking Spielberg? Like, I don't know. And nobody can say that, you know, like at the end of it. So I'm, I'm going here because I see this and because I've managed people and I see this being, you know, the one of the biggest blockers for career development for people. Like they don't consider themselves something until they don't consider themselves good enough for what they think that thing should be, which is absolutely, it's a mind trap because you're never going to be good enough for your expectations of what you should be doing. So stop going into this mind trap. And the moment you're like, you know, I make coffee. So I, I, I am a coffee barista, whatever, for myself. Am I the best? No, I probably suck at it. Yes, but I do it. And this change of mindset is the very first step to actually develop a, like, a career on anything. You know, like, I literally downloaded, like, what's the, this, um, this software called like DJ something like a good one of these free um you know DJing softwares on my laptop and I started DJing and I was like oh that's fun I'm a DJ now and you know who gives a shit you know of course I'm not gonna get hired on a club of course I'm not gonna even like rock a party but who gives a shit I'm a DJ you know what I mean and I think that's that's a good that's a good um that's a good mindset because the moment you think like that then all the rest is like, okay, now I do this. Now I'm just going to get better at this. But then it changes because what you think is what you say. And then what, and then what you say is how you get perceived, right? So if you're like, yeah, you know, I'm selling design, but like, or whatever, I'm, I'm taking design because we're talking about this, but I'm, I'm starting, you know, I'm selling films. Yeah, I'm making some films. No, 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 you're a filmmaker, period. And then, oh, I can be better. Yeah, for sure. So that, that would be one thing. And then another one, um, like, keep your eyes open. Because, like, like, I'm a very ambitious person, um, but I'm also, like you were saying, very flexible, right? So I know my goals. Like, one of my goals is to move to, to the U.S. For some reason, I've always wanted to live in L.A. Um, since, like, I was 18, maybe because of the film background, all those things, but I, because I like surf. I live in Barcelona, which is a very similar city, but, like, way smaller. Um, so for some reason, I always wanted to live in LA. So I've always tried to do that, to go there, but you know, I've never said myself, oh, you know, I was never hard with myself or, you know, like, oh, you need to be there by 25 or something, you know, I was like, I'll get there. And then I just keep working and being, and, and consistency is one thing, you know, like just keep doing, keep doing, keep doing. Everything will happen if you're patient enough. Like that's, that's one, like if you need to take something from this, write it down in your notepad, Everything will happen if you're patient enough. That's my experience. Um, maybe it doesn't happen next month or next year. Maybe it happens in five, 10 years. But if you're patient, you go for it. It will happen. Like, I, I, this is my experience. And I'm not fucking guru or anything. It's just like a dude from like Barcelona. But that, that's my experience. You're Spanish Tony Robbins, Alex. That's what you are. <laughs> you know, I get this Tony Robbins thing a lot. And I don't even know who this person is. Oh really? No, he's a he's a quite a famous uh, kind of like it's professional a development or um, right? guru guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I need to do I, I yeah. I'm gonna write it down now. Tony Tony or Tim? Tony, Tony Robbins. I'll, I'll... Tim Robbins is um I think that's the director of some kind, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I think he, what you were saying uh, about the, like your perception uh, of yourself, uh, like you, you can't call yourself, you know, a designer or call yourself a brand strategist or whatever. Uh, that um, I think that also comes down a lot from, you know, there's this perceived um, uh, idea that you have to uh, do like 10,000 hours to become a master of something. And yeah. I think a lot of people kind of take that very literally and then they kind of think, okay, well, I can really call myself so-and-so until I've done until I'm not a amount of hours. Yeah. yeah, so unless they, they've kind of gone through and put all, all, all in uh, that work through, um, yeah, I guess they feel like maybe they're a bit you know, embarrassed to say that I'm so-and-so. They shouldn't be, because they are. Like, that's, and it's not Antolino from Barcelona saying this, it's a fucking dictionary. Like, like if you look up like um, I don't know, um, designer on the dictionary is the person who designs. You know, like that. It's the definition. It's not like I'm giving you the power. I'm empowering you to call yourself like that. No, it's a fucking dictionary. Like the cooper is the person who cooks. You know, the gardener is the person who does your garden. Like that. That's it. Like end of story. And then don't maybe you don't. I mean, if you don't feel you're good enough, don't sell your services. I'm not saying you like you need to fool other people into like and trick other people. I'm not saying this. I'm just saying just like call yourself what you are. You know, it's like if someone has uh, like a like a like um if someone is jealous from someone else or someone has like a like a drinking problem or something like that, we have all heard this. The first step is to acknowledge that thing to be able to work on it, right? So this is the same thing. Like, how are you gonna be? How are you gonna work on being a better designer if you don't consider yourself a designer? Fine. As Hashem is uh, saying that uh, yes, definitely self-confidence takes um, uh, a big plays a big key role in that. I think to be able to uh, uh, see the thing is I don't call myself the best, even though or, or even near because I know you know that there's a massive community of designers and, and brand strategists and the stuff that I do and you know, I've been, you know, working in the field for many, many years, but I don't still call myself the best because, because that's just not my nature. I'm sure that there's some designers do that, but it's still a constant learning. Like you were saying before, you know, what you uh, were thinking that you're going to become like 10 years ago, you know, then in 10 years time you achieve that. And then now your goal is different. It's like you're, you know, it's like you've climbed one mountain and then you've gone to the peak of the mountain. And then now on that peak, you see that there's another mountain up there, you know, and then you kind of start climbing that one and you kind of progress and then it, it just keeps on going. You know, it's, yeah. it's a never ending I think there's learning honestly, experience. There's no such thing as the best. There's, it just doesn't exist. So anyone claiming to be the best at something, bullshit. Like it's, there's no thing as absolute best. And that's my opinion. Um, if someone calls, see, if I need to hire, I don't know, uh, someone to do like moving from my apartment, they claim to be, I'm the best person I'm, I'm like, no, because there's no such thing as the best. There's a little subtle thing to that where I could say, I'm the best for you. And this is different. You know, like if you say I'm the best designer for you, what I'm going to hear is like, oh, you know, like you understand my context and you consider to be the best fit for me that's a really good thing to say like I, I think honestly yeah. i think i'm the best for you 
but claiming I'm the absolute best, it's like, yeah, who says that? Like, you know, like some. It's the same reason why you kind of go to um, uh, you you walk past on the street and then uh, I see this all the time. It's the restaurant uh, name is like the best Thai or best, the best yeah, Indian. Best That's the name of the restaurant. Like, say score, right? I don't go there ever because you kind of go. <laughs> If you have to say that, you know, it's like, you know, when a person says, trust me, you know, you automatically like, I'm not sure that I can. Dude, like I went to see this band that I was going to buy. And the first thing the, the, the car dealer tells me is like, I never lie. I'm like automatically like, bye bye. Like conversation is over. Like, like send me someone else. Like, I don't want to talk with you anymore. If you on my first five minutes with you, you need to tell me I never lie. Like, first of all, that's a lie. Cause we, like, I'm, I consider that, like myself, like extremely honest, sometimes even too much uh, person. And like, we've, we've always lied sometimes. Like, it's just like, it's human nature. Like we're insecure people. We lie sometimes. It's like, it, you, maybe you don't want to lie, but I mean, your entire life. So don't tell me I never lie. Cause that's a lie. <laughs> like the so 100%. But I think all, all of those things, it's all comes down to you know, proving that with action rather than, you know, just saying that you are, it's, if you prove it, then and other people recognize it or, or they say that you are, it's like, that's, that's the whole branding too. That's, we're kind of going back into branding world a little bit because it's kind of what they say that you are, not what you say you are. Yeah. So, so, so if your customers say they're the best brand for such and such, whatever, or best restaurant for, you know, Indian restaurant, you know, yeah. that's a different story to what you say, I'm the best restaurant. One hundred percent. And there's a little, there's a little thing to this, which is like it's, it's also. I think it's important to say it. Not the best. I think it's important to say you're good if you think you're good, and I think it's important to say what you do, like. Because I like I I'm, I consider myself a humble person, although I'm very like extrovert and like loud. At the end of the day, I consider myself very, like humble, and. Um, and I, and I had a partner, when I had my studio before, I had my partner, she was from like the South Spain and you know, people from the South are usually more vocal than people from North, right? That's like, in general, that's my experience. Um, and she was very vocal about everything. And I was like, why do you need to like, go saying, you know, how, like, how good this is or like how well you were doing. And I've noticed after some year, I didn't like that behavior. It's like it felt like bragging to me, even though it's it didn't come across like that when she was doing because she was like very natural and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, after a couple of years, I realized you know like it was working. You know, like if like the fact that she was saying we're doing so good all the time, and it was not a lie, we were doing good, but it was working because people were like listening and taking it. You know, so I think it's important to be vocal about those things, because when you say something, that thing lands on the mind of the other person. And then they're gonna like fact check if that's true or not. So don't, don't be dishonest. But like, I think it's important. So don't be too humble that you don't wanna say anything because I've been there and, um, and it's just like nothing happens if you don't say anything. So basically, so. Yeah, you can talk about your achievements. So you can and you talk about the results that you've given for other uh, other clients. For example, if you're like a freelancer or an agency, you can go, uh, you know, well, Mr. Client, we've had, um, you know, a client from a similar industry, uh, and this is the kind of result that we've achieved for them. Or, 
yeah. I've had five, you know, 10 clients in this industry and this is the kind of results that mm. we've achieved for them. You're not bragging, you're just kind of saying, you, you, you're showing the credibility and, and you're showing that yes, you can, um, you know, do the work that they're requesting or that you're, you know, proposing mm. uh, rather than saying, come and join me, Mr. Client, because I'm the best and, and that's it. Like that's not yeah. gonna, not gonna fly think- at all. And this is something I see many people, especially when I interview like junior designers for like a team or something, like many of them are, are afraid of saying, you know, like I always ask, what's your favorite work that you've done? And they're like, well, I like this one, but you know, this one is cool too. You know, it's like, and they're like afraid, they don't want to sound like pretentious and they're afraid of saying, it's like, dude, if you did something, you fucking love it, just go for it. Cause then when you did something and you fucking screwed up, you're gonna be able to say that too, you know? Like I think um, self-awareness is, Mira, this is another one, self-awareness is something that I guess can like help me develop fast because this is something like every manager I had, like, you know, my boss, whatever. This is something that they, they push back, they, like they, 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 they said to me, every, everyone is like, oh, you're a very self-aware person. And I think that's, I came to realize this like not necessarily like many time ago, but like very recently. It's like, oh, actually, yes, it's true. Like being self-aware of like what you want, what you don't want, what you're good at and what you are not good at. Uh, and kind of like reflecting on yourself um, on like weekly basis. I wouldn't say like daily basis, but like in general, like being a, like, you know, aware of your capacities and who you are, who you want to be and all those things. Uh, look, that's my sister over there. Hola. Uh, oh, that's your sister. Yeah, that's your nice. Hello, Esther. Hola. Esther. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So self-awareness, big one. Yeah. Self-confidence and self-awareness. I think that those kind of things that they kind of um, uh, almost go hand in hand. And uh, the thing about those two, I think they, they come generally sometime after. They don't really come immediately. Like no one becomes self-confident, you know, out of, like design college or or become self-aware like it kind of needs you need to uh, be in the environment a little bit to go maybe in some creative agencies or work with some other people and see how um, that's how you learn about other people but also how you learn about yourself yeah. in general and then that's how you kind of become self-aware mm-hmm. and i think self-awareness has a lot to do also with you know learning to set boundaries for yourself you know knowing when when you can say no to things and like you were saying knowing when you can share your opinion in not being afraid. So in, in the interview scenario, they were probably thinking, well, if I say I like this in design, you might, you might think that it's crap and then you might judge them on the fact that they think it's good, right? Uh, so then they're afraid of, of actually sharing that, uh, you know, the personal opinion. I think that's normal. That, yeah, that, I see this like, yeah, I see this a lot like on, on junior designers, like, they're the in general they either like super quiet or very vocal and any of those extremes is good in my opinion especially when you're like a junior designer i think you need to um like talk about how you feel but like also be very like you know wise and not know when to listen those kind of things but yeah in general like self-confidence it's one thing yeah, I think in general, like, it's all about, like, you know, your priorities in life, like what you want, you know, like for me, it's, it's not like more money, as I said at the beginning, for me, it's like, you know, 
personal growth. Everything I do is personal growth. You know, like everything. Like I want to become the best version of myself and I want to explore as much as possible. So like I don't come from like a rich family or anything like that. Um, I come actually from a very humble family and um, and I'm doing good. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I've never chased money because I never had the need to have money. But then if you are trying to grow, like money will come. And I see so many people chasing money and I'm like, and then I see them super frustrated. Like, you know, I think a good, another good um, advice or like something that works really well for me is just to have zero expectations. Every time I put too much expectations on something, on my job, on my project, or it's just like devastating. You know, you have to be, you know, you have to try to do your best, but like expectations, even in relationships are terrible. Like it's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. If you're expecting to have like, you know, a house or like a nice car or something by the age of 26, um, big chances are that you're gonna not be happy. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's, that's a big, been a big uh, mindset shift for me as well. Just learning to have no expectations. And, um, I, I talk about that with my wife quite, quite a bit too, is about, um, ex you know, so it's like, it's like you're saying from relationships, from your job. So you can't expect people to do things for you. You know, you kind of just, um, even if you've made some arrangements, you can still, there still can, things can still change. Uh, or, you know, you made arrangements to go to America and you wanted to go to America and I wanted to go to Bali, things can change. So you don't expect things to be, uh, the only thing that's certain is that it, things are uncertain, you know? Uh, so then you kind of, I became much more balanced. I think when I stopped expecting things to happen, uh, if, if, uh, things work out really nice, you know, that's a bonus almost. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah, of how I look at it. That's a good mindset because like frustration is so painful, at least for me, like when I get frustrated, I'm like so painful because I'm like someone, I'm an achiever, you know, like I want, I want to get things done and I, I'm, I'm like, I'm always ahead, you know, like this is like, this is something I'm, I'm working on, like personally, it's like, like try to enjoy the moment more because I'm always chasing stuff, I feel, and I've said this in like many other occasions where I'm like, most of the time in my life I spend chasing things, you know, whether that's like, oh, moving to us or you know that next next week project or like finishing the project or delivering or like and then when you deliver you're already thinking about something else and i wish i could be more present like on the things that i'm doing and enjoy more the process um i don't know why i went here but like i think that's it's not an advice i can give because i don't do it myself but it's maybe an advice someone could give to me you know what i mean um because at the end of the day like there's days that i'm like what is my life you know like <laughs> i spent like every single minute of my life chasing stuff and then when i get it i'm already chasing something else and maybe that's an advice that someone could give to me like until you know chill the fuck off you know like like <laughs> take it easy and enjoy your process i don't know Meditation. Do you practice meditation? What do you Dude, have to I try. I try, and you know, I have this love-hate relationship with Headspace, where I would like, you know, download it and pay the subscription, and for like, you know, meditate every day for like, you know, two or three weeks, and then it's like, 
I don't do it. And then after like three, four months, I, I realized I have been paying. So I, I would like cancel my subscription. And then the moment I cancel, I feel bad. So I would pay again, like next, the following week and start meditating again. So I mean, on and off for like two, it works really well. It's just like, oh, it's so painful. It's so hard for me because I'm, su I'm such a, you know, the people who are like me, like very, ah, you know, like a lot of energy is the people who actually needs the most to be meditating probably. But I just, it's just like, it's hard, you know, like at least I'm training yeah. uh, nearly every day, which that's to me, it's a big achievement, like working out every morning, having healthy, you know, habits and things like that. That's a big achievement. So at least, you know, this, you know, love-hate relationship with like workout and gym, kind of like it's now solved and transition to meditation. So hopefully in like some time from now, I'll be able to like, no, yeah, I meditate every day, you know, like very. No, no, I've, I've been trying to meditate for probably like five or six years, uh, but I've never really had, you know, time when I'm just like every day I'm meditating. A lot of times I'm meditating with maybe like twice a week, three times a week, four times a week at the most. And sometimes I'll skip two weeks. And, um, but like you say, it's, um, sometimes I get, you know, you start, you start meditating, but then you're thinking about what you should be doing next after meditation. This is the, this problem. Is the kind of like, thing that kills even, you. It's even 10 minutes, but not even for 10 minutes, I'm able to like, you know, rest. Like there's days that, yes, yeah, like there's days that I would be like, now it's a good moment, you know? And then you feel so well. It's like when you go to the gym and you're like, after you're like, oh, I feel so good, you know? And with meditation, kind of like happens the same thing to me. But there's just days that I'm like, what am I doing here sitting? Like, what the fuck? You know, I have so many things to do. And that day is the, precisely when you need it the most. But like, yeah. Shubham says, I have had similar hyperactivity issues, but I start my morning with a meditation. It's better to not use phone in the morning. Instead, meditate first thing in the morning. Yeah, man, you know, actually it's all about habits. You know, I, I got into meditation like three years ago and actually the when I've been able to be more consistent is, joder, there's like this, because I'm in the countryside, you know, there's like bugs everywhere. Um, I, when I've been able to be more consistent is when I've been actually um, like, when I fit it in my daily schedule. So I work out and then meditate right after, not even like changing or anything. And this is like, if you will, can fit it in your schedule like that, that's when it works otherwise. So. so meditation is something that um, I think we can almost do another separate topic. We're coming uh, up on time. Alex, so I just want to give you uh, a really big uh, hand for um, coming uh, and joining me on, on Instagram live and sharing your yeah, experience man. with us. And I really appreciate your time. And it was, yeah, it was a really nice fun morning, chat. Morning chat with coffee. It kind of like helped, you know, like I'm all pumped now, ready to like work. How do you, how do you take your coffee? Is it black or flat white? No, or it's just like a cappuccino? latte always with oat milk. How about you? Oh, I, I uh, vary actually. Every second day I have a black and then the next day I have like a flat white, which is oh, really? I think it's invented in Australia. So that's like a, a latte, but with a lot less um, froth. So it's kind of the milk is heated up, but it's very kind of flat. That's why they call it flat white. Thank you for listening to the studio podcast. And I hope you have enjoyed today's guest. This is a series of live conversations that I host on a weekly basis on my Instagram account. We are studio where I invite a range of creative leaders and other interesting speakers 
to talk about topics such as creativity, mindset and leadership skills. So if you'd like to catch me on the next Conversation Live, be sure to follow me on Instagram. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as it would mean the world to me to hear your feedback. And it would also help me tremendously to get the podcast heard by more ambitious creatives like yourself.